Good evening and welcome to the Orion Report. Tonight I'm going to read an article from uh, the website under general discussions. This one is called The Prison Planet, Escaping It. Was told from the start that this world is a prison of spirits, a farm of souls. We are livestock. Metaphorically, some of us are sheep, some are goats, some are lions and some are lambs. Many are wolves or shepherd dogs. Humanity's masters are unseen, reflected through favored puppets, figuratively shearing us, milking us, inevitably consuming the meat of our experiences. We are the ambrosia of the gods of this world, who are living archetypes and patterns, collective personifications, in truth, vampiric entities. They trick us into reincarnating over and over, or rend us and rip us, beat us into unconsciousness, separating soul from spirit by coercion or force, that the seed might be replanted, figuratively speaking, over and over. This is the basis of Gnosticism. The real world is a spirit. The material world is a prison, the body a cell, and we are trapped here sent back again and again into amnesia and slavery to the powers, ranchers slash farmers, of this dark world. This is the basis of Uranism, that we might be freed by truth and spirit, by a relationship with the Most High, by aligning ourselves to the true God's will and nature, supernature, and by becoming authentic, realized persons in the light and fire of the divine. The basis of all things is not matter or energy, but consciousness. When I sit outside in the light of day and close my eyes, there I see it, the grid. I'm not meditating, just sitting there in the bright light, and there it is, as tangible and real as anything. It takes more focus to perceive, but it's there, everywhere. It has depth not merely two-dimensional. Yet, when praying, or when my thoughts drift toward the divine and eternal, an intense white point of light appears, surrounded with a platinum nimbus. I see it now, even, while I write, whenever I blink. What does it mean? Our teachings about this prison planet go back to the beginning to a revelation from the Holy Spirit, and then later, conversations with an entity called Anu, the High One, back in the late 90s up to 2000. I was warned then about www 666, AI, the Singularity, the Dark Planetary Rulers, and this prison world, and wrote to the churches, but none listened. Yet Gnostics have known this from antiquity. The Apostle Paul warned almost 2,000 years ago, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light. Ephesians 2, 1-2 As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Ephesians 6.12 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There is, in history, a consistent theme. The Pharaoh Akhenaten sought to impose a form of monotheism, indeed a transcendent vision on Egypt, and he was destroyed and nearly erased from history for his efforts. For more than a thousand years, the world, the pagan nations, sought to destroy Israel, the Jews. Then the world sought to destroy Christianity for nearly a thousand years. Then the world, with the Catholics, tried to destroy the Protestants, while Christians in general hated and suppressed the Jews. When Islam arose, the world sought to destroy that religion before it could take root and spread. In more modern times, Islam sought to destroy Baha'i. Gnosticism, however, has been suppressed, rejected, hidden, buried, and persecuted with both crusades and purges wherever it sought to take root and in whatever form it appeared across time, until the present era, in which most so-called Gnostics are, by and large, little more than wokists. There are those who decry Uranianism as not inclusive enough by only focusing on monotheism, rejecting polytheism and non-deist religions. Akhenaten was erased by polytheists for bringing monotheism. The very conflict between Israel and its neighbors was the belief in one God versus the belief of many. More than this, the law of Moses, see the first five books of the Bible, were so revolutionary, contrary to the ways of the nations around them, that the law itself alienated the Jews from non-Jews and created friction and thereby war. The Christ ideal, anointing ideal, took this to a whole new level, preaching in its original form that we should live our temporary lives preparing for and looking forward to eternity, and that nothing here mattered so much as reaching eternity, eternal life. Early Christians were really rather self-destructive in provoking their enemies to kill them. Christ's vision offered human beings a way out of this world permanently, and that needed to be stopped by the authorities at all costs. But then, Christ's vision was corrupted by the world. It bowed down to the status quo, watered down its message, became in truth polytheistic, with the worship of saints and angels, who were often just pagan gods masquerading as saints and angels. It became a secularized religion rather than a passionate and miraculous spiritual path to immortality. Christ and the first apostles taught an entire way of life that was both communal and religio-spiritually centered, rooted in otherworldliness rather than materialism, sensualism, and vanity. Judaism before it taught that beyond all powers and princes of the world, spiritual or material, there was a true and eternal God, a Most High, and that to be in harmony with that God, you had to live by rules that were frankly rather anti-natural, bringing the animal nature into submission unto a supernatural code of laws. Islam was a return to the Jewish ideal, with the added element that through efforts at right-doing, aligning-slash-submitting to God,
that God's grace is increased toward you, and that through alignment with the divine will, you attain eternal life. Leave the matrix. Baha'i rises on the same basic premise as Judaism and Islam, with the addition of striving to transform the earth and human society so that all humans could live within a divinely aligned reality rather than a worldly and vain temporary and materialistic world system. Yet Baha'i, early on, crawled into bed with the secularist world authorities and became the preferred monotheism of many modern secularized monotheists. In the current era, militant secularism in various forms has warred with religion as a whole and has evolved into seeking to impose the wokest dogma onto all religions. But those that are most spiritual, passionately focused on transcendence, whether called ascendance, rapture, or salvation, are most hated, targeted, and suppressed. Any religious or spiritual, metaphysical, or cult path that bends the knee, focusing humans on worldliness, mammon, vanity, materialism, sensualism, secular Marxist values, the agenda, these are embraced and elevated, or at least permitted free expression. Mainstream Christians, for example, have utterly embraced the amoral and godless agenda of wokeism for the most part, and many evangelicals have become utterly consumed with the craving for worship of money and worldly success in the form of prosperity gospels. In those circles that have embraced the idea that this planet is a prison, that our bodies are prison cells, there is a tendency to reject God, Jesus, angels, and the light itself as part of the trap. There is a hatred of Judaism, Christianity, and any system or teaching that points to the moral values thereof. This itself is just a trap. The hijacking of truth, of the need for transcendence, twisting it to teach people to turn against the very things that save us from the so-called matrix. Yet, you can never do enough good deeds to win liberation, no more than you can ever pay off the proverbial company store, as it is like running on a treadmill or on the gerbil wheel. The mere fact that you're trying to win positive karma for a self-centered end would negate the benefit of giving selflessly, a loop that is part of the trap of karma. Studying mythology and pagan religions across time, you might, in wisdom, discern a pattern. There is always a most high or first parent, the old man on the mountain, the ancient mother of the primordial sea, a proto-parent. But this prime slash first slash highest is always pushed aside into obscurity or depicted as being overthrown and humiliated. There's almost a rule, it seems, that the highest slash first must be mentioned in mythology and legends, but that every creative license is taken to downplay or write out that personage. Even as every effort was made to crush monotheism after monotheism, or silence reformer prophets thereof. Only when monotheistic sects become mainstream, temper their teachings to the agenda of the vanities, rulers of the world seen and invisible, are they granted some acceptance. Indeed, world-conforming religions then become part of the system of control and pacification, reinforcing the status quo. Christ is an ideal. The man, Jesus, Yeshua, an example. 
original Zoroastrianism, Judaism, Samaritanism, Christianity, Islam, Sikhism, Baha'i, as well as Druzism, all called humans to be less bestial and more angelic. That is to say, less about the flesh impulses and more about self-discipline and supernatural aspiration, living for something more than this world and its desires and rewards. There are many obscure teachings, less well-known teachings, that complement the overall ideal of oneness and ascendance. But the crux of the argument remains unto modern times, living for the world and the flesh or living for eternity and the spirit, living as a beast or as a spirit being, reaching for the only one who can grant us a pardon and lift us from the sea of illusion, or reaching for another helping of the same old dead-end lies, and by default for the entities that peddle those lies in order to perpetuate their hold on their human livestock. The Orion teachings tend to approach this pragmatically, of course, realistically addressing human biological needs. Still, in order to overcome the world, escape the grid, you must reach out to that supreme power that is beyond the cage. To free mankind as a whole, we need to align the world to a supernatural and sacred vision. Those who agree with the Gnostic premise that this is a cage seem to forget that Gnostics also believed in a true God, the Good Father, the Most High, the God of Spirit and Truth, the Monad, or Pleroma. They also believed in the Christ as exemplar and waymaker, and Pistis Sophia, divine wisdom, as guides out of this madness. The light that the other anti-prison preachers are telling us to avoid, don't go into the light, they say, is merely an interplanar portal slash opening to another realm or plane or state of consciousness that appears in death, and that portal opens to the realm that your inner being is aligned with. If you are aligned with an idol of vanity, well, they have some nice realms, but they are always temporary tricks, deceptions to separate you peacefully or otherwise soul from spirit, meat from seed. And so we teach that you must absolutely embrace the daily devotions, the path of individuation, and the 20 moral principles of our teachings, because in this is alignment to true the one, liberation from the world, and the reincarnation trap. Chanting the names of God, the names of the archangels also, is extremely important to condition your mind and heart inner will and word, to call upon those names on the day that you leave this world, and in so calling out to be attended and lifted and guided to the gate of the sun, the exit from this solar system, and out of this prison. The effort to align with the monad, the one, the transcendent, is the key to liberation, although we focus also on the vision of humanity becoming a spacefaring race because not all planets are prison worlds, slash soul ranches, slash louche farms. The true Christ, the true God, is not going to send you back here unless you choose to return and ask to do so. In reaching beyond the local realms of deception, you have access to far more than this world or this universe. El, or Anu, or Yahweh, or Yeshua, or Allah, or Uranus, or the idea in your heart and your core will is what is primary. Reaching for the highest, for liberation, 
the will and the yearning and the inner mindset to be free and never return. The false gods want to blind you, keep you chasing your own tail, keep you on the wheel. They have created entire religions that teach people to embrace the imprisonment process and call us to reject the paths that might, if in their true form, lead us to freedom. Our own animal nature, the primary focus on eating, breeding, amassing possessions and territory, pleasure and comforts, these work against our liberation as well. Low-mindedness, meat-mindedness. Any religion or spiritual teaching that is against the status quo, against the bestial and lawless spirit of the world, the sensual spirit of the world, is marked for suppression and oppression. It must be kept from spreading and be limited, which is where we're at now. Any religion that bends the knee will find acceptance and tolerance by ridding themselves of all transcendent qualities or instructions and becoming permissive and complicit in the agenda of soul-slash-loosh farming. It is the same conflict that has been waged from times of old. The gods of the nations, flesh, materialism, versus the God of spirit and truth. I've seen a beneficent and merciful hand of grace reaching back that guides, protects, and shepherds my soul, that tells me always that I am loved and I have no need to fear. The way ahead is clear. The angelic and the divine forces of the Most High are true friends and companions, working to free us from evil in heavenly sky-slash-space places. Without fear, reach out in love and let the love of God reach back. True God, the forgotten one, the banished one who tells us what we need to hear rather than what we want to hear. The cage is as much meant to keep out the good, enemy of the planetary tyrants, as it is to lock in the livestock. We are behind enemy lines. We are awakened ones, dwelling among the ignorant herds that are led oh so obediently by the masters of this false reality. The devotions of the faithful, their prayers, praises, expressions of love, and meditations, their chants, these maintain an opening, a tunnel or passageway, out of this system of oppression by which souls might find an escape route. Knowing the truth is 90% of the way to freedom. The rest is to live the truth that frees you. A strange note. Most of the interdimensional intruders, a.k.a. aliens, that people are experiencing are very much a part of the system of oppression, feeding on your sorrows, dramas, pain, and confusion, pushing us toward a path that leads humanity towards grayness, genderless, blandness, drone-like collectivism, godless, amoral, uncompassionate scientism. Why do the dimensional-slash-planar intruders pick on cows? Because cows are defenseless creatures that with minimal stimulation and effort generate a great deal of fear and can be easily oppressed, and when tortured express powerful emotions and physical levels of terror and agony. This is why the intruders target them, because it's the pain and fear they feed on. Last Thought Uriel is said in various angelological sources to govern both the sun and the underworld, Tartarus. How can he oversee the sun and the underworld? We're in the underworld, 
and Uriel stands at the gateway out, the gate of the sun, and calls all who are willing to depart, giving us instructions by which to liberate ourselves from Tartarus. Prisons are for criminals, ranches are for livestock, farms are for growing food. There are many trustees, there are many workers in the fields, helping the owners harvest their fields, mine their livestock, guard the prisoners, I speak figuratively, due to a debt owed to the company store, few ever leave this prison farm. There you go, that's it. Join me next week when I will start reading chapter by chapter the IA for your pleasure and edification. God bless you. Someone help me.